Hi there, welcome back to Yepcast. In this podcast series, we're going to discuss several topics regarding the affiliate marketing world, as well as share insights, news, and things about Yepads that you may not know. In our ninth episode of Yepcast, together with Jens Enke, we dive into his story as an affiliate marketer and how he has become the email marketing traffic expert he is today. Jens has been in the affiliate marketing world for a very long time, more than 10 years. In 2016, he founded Glumotra, an email data monetization company which helps its partners to manage and monetize email leads. So if you want to become a successful affiliate and get to know some tips and tricks about email traffic, in this episode, you're going to find out what is needed. Hi, Jens. Welcome to Yapcast. It's great having you here. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Luckily, today is sunny outside, so I'm looking out the window over the Swiss Alps and really enjoying that part. So I'm looking forward to uh, sharing a bit of knowledge bombs with you and uh, see how it goes along. Great. That sounds really nice. Sounds like you have a really nice view. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's, let's start with it indeed. And um, what I would like to ask you, if you could tell us a bit more of how you became the affiliate marketing expert that you are today. Tell us a bit about your story. All right. Um, so expert, you say. I. Okay, I like that word. But at the same <laughs> time, I strongly believe that you need to stay humble. And that's one of my things I feel like I've been doing throughout my career. I stayed humble. I never thought I was the smartest guy in the room. Because if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you also never listen when someone else tells you something you might learn something from, right? Hmm, that's true. So... That's that's one of my things, and it, it, I think it's one of my advantages is is always to try and listen to what others have to say, if you um, get that feel that they actually have something smart to say. I I kind of see myself as a people person, and I I quickly get at least when I'm face to face with someone, which is currently with the corona times a bit hard, but at shows and etc. It's easier. And if you're face to face with someone, I quickly get the vibe if that person actually knows what he's speaking of or if he's just bloating out bullshit, right? And and for me, it's it's just what I've learned throughout the years is knowledge is earned throughout the, the, the fact, of course, of testing yourself, but also throughout simply listening to people, what they have tried, how they succeeded, and also how they failed. Because you can find... Or you can try and find a way of building something, whatever it is, if it's a campaign or a new house or whatever, and and you can try and you can try and you can try. What you do, you fail, you fail, you fail, and you fail until you succeed at some point, and then you have learned a new skill. And I, I think that's super important mentality. Okay, so you would say that one of the key elements to become a successful affiliate marketing expert is to, first of all, stay humble, and then to listening to people. Being yes. able to listen to people. Yes, and, and to, to kind of decode the, the message they're sending you in, in terms of is it knowledge, is it tips about what you shouldn't do, or is it tips about a super great campaign? Because most of other affiliates, they won't spill the beans. They will not tell you, okay, you need to run whatever campaign in uh, Traffic Source X on GOY. No one will tell you that because they're obviously not going to tell you uh, their secret recipe or their secret sauce, right? But they will tell you, hey, we're having great success with, I don't know, casino in uh, upcoming geos like India right now. 
like, okay, cool. Let me maybe look into that and reach out to some casino contacts I have and ask them about, is this true? Is, is India rising? Is, is that something I should look into? And, and that way you, you kind of get to, to that natural flow of, of finding your next gold pot, right? Yeah, it makes totally sense. So, so far we have discussed more about the, what we can be called, uh, what we can call the soft skills. But if we were to talk more about the hard skills, so what kind of hard skills should an affiliate, someone wants to start and become an affiliate have and, or should learn first, so to say? Yeah. Um, it depends where you're standing. If you have money, then I think that the core part of running a business is what you need. You need to be able to manage people. You need to be able to, to read numbers, uh, make decisions based on uh, data, all these kind of things. If you don't have money, uh, from my point of view, what you need to be able to is all the technical part. Because you don't have the money to pay someone for it, right? You maybe yeah. have a bit of savings for running some traffic because nowadays getting free traffic is extremely, extremely rare, right? So, so you need to, to be able to create that lander. You need to be able to set up that tracker. You need all these kind of things. And, and all of that is, is not extremely technical, but you, you need to know the basics. You need to know the basics of coding HTML. You need to know the basics of clicking around systems and, and having that logic mindset behind of making something work. Um, because if you don't have that, if, if you cannot at 3 a.m. in the morning when you see your campaign is uh, cranking away and you see there's an error on the page or the advertiser reaches out and tells you like, hey, this exact word on the lander, you need to change that into something yeah. else. If you cannot do that yourself, mm. then you're in um, not in a lot of luck, let's say like that. Um, yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Um, you might be, at least, depending on what it is you're running. And and so for me, that that is the basic skill you need, the, the technical part. Because with that, you can overcome everything yourself. And through that, you can grow. Through that, you can grow your uh, resources, your funds. And once you then master all of this and your funds have grown, then you can start hiring people for the different tasks that you maybe not are perfect at but know how to do because that's the next step of growing is you cannot outsource something that you don't know how it's done yourself at least in my world i'm i'm the kind of guy i i believe in i need to be able to handle every single task and understand the details before i hire someone i hire someone that's better at it than me because that's also my mentality always hire someone that's better at the task that you want done than you are yourself but you you need to realize this it's hard to tell someone what it is you want if you cannot describe the task right that makes sense yeah and so would you say that was this one of your struggles when you started or like you know finding the right people for your team or learning the right tasks or what would you say were the biggest struggles when you started um when you started i assume you meant when i really started with a hundred percent cell-owned company right because yeah so again, when my, you started my, as an affiliate yeah yeah well but i started as an affiliate i think it's 13 years ago now but back then i was in hired positions so when i when i started my complete own company the the main issue for me was i think letting go um, and trusting that that the people I started hiring would actually do the tasks that I wanted them to do in the way I wanted them to do it. And then, of course, the, the people management part 
in, in general, like how do you motivate? Um, majority of my team or actually currently uh, my entire team is remote, right? And um, usually what we do is we meet up once a quarter and uh, have fun, celebrate our successes and, and really get that team mentality back into into place right because and now we've had corona for over a year and i haven't seen my people for over a year so it's it's like it's really hard currently uh to to motivate people and to, to get them to work together as teams so i kind of feel i'm kicked back into back being in in, in 2016 like hiring the first couple of people and how do you motivate people on remote, right? But it was always nice flying in, hey, you want to come work here for a week or come to your place, work for a week. That was easy, but now that's simply not possible. So so this part of motivating people into working for and with you on a team, that's that's kind of the thing for me that is the, the, the main struggle, I guess. Okay, and, and so I'm, I'm wondering then, how do you keep them motivated now? Well, there obviously there are a ton of theories on on motivational yeah. aspects, right? One of them is money. Money obviously uh, only goes so far because we as as humans at at a certain stage when we achieve what we want to achieve and we have the money we need on there on a daily basis, money doesn't motivate us as, as much anymore. Um, and now it's it's more uh, trying to to get on a one-on-one -on -one call with them, having some pep talks, having some talks about what is it we're gonna do once this entire thing is over. Trying to also set some goals that include other other stuff than just here's more money. Um, setting something for personal development, stuff like that. Um, and again, sort of I, like visualization. You're visualizing what's gonna happen next. Exactly. Um, I, I even had a talk with my wife about this. I think it was yesterday or the day before. It's like, she looked at me like, dude, have you have you considered Googling how to motivate employees during Corona? Because I, I think you're probably not the only one. It's like, yeah, mm, okay. That was actually a super simple solution to something that <laughs> just started getting yeah. a big thing in my head, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's currently motivation of uh, of team members. That's that's the biggest thing, and I think it's the same for for everyone out there. Yeah, I believe so too. Every company is facing it, and everybody's trying to find solution. Because, I mean, let's face it, and let's be honest, nobody has ever lived something like this before. So it's really something an uncharted territory in in every way. So it makes sense, but we're all trying our best. That's for sure. And so getting back more to, to the business and your business. So I wanted to ask why you decided to focus uh, more on email marketing. And if you could tell us more about the advantages of email marketing. All right. So um, there are obviously both advantages and disadvantages in it, right? But email for me, I mean, back when I started in the industry, I started... Um, with email being one of my tools already back then. And then I specialized more and more into it and kind of saw the beauty of it. Um, in, in terms of you have this resource at hand that you can pull up again and again at a fraction of a cost than trying to re-engage the same user on, let's say, uh, Facebook, for example, right? Um, because on, on Facebook, uh, if you buy traffic, you usually buy a click or... Uh, you are looking to 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 uh, pay for displays, and 
what happens is that you have the user attention once. And after he's hopefully done what you want him to do, and you send him off to an advertiser and he uh, created a lead for you, um, or conversion in general, that data is somewhere, but it now belongs to the advertiser. And you didn't grab it in the uh, in the middle flow somewhere, so so you will never be able to reach that user again, right? Unless you again pay Facebook to serve an ad to that user, making him click again, and there you paid one more time. And uh, whereas with email, you have this great resource, you can reuse the same users over and over and over again at a very very small, uh, let's say, cost in terms of sending. An email to the user because sending an actual email is fairly cheap doing it big scale becomes more expensive but um, i mean if you are just a small affiliate my best tip here also in regards to email is like whatever traffic source you run try and get the user data try and get the user's name and his email address and add him to your list throughout your funnel somewhere so that you have the possibility to reuse that user over and over again. And just because you only signed up for your list while he was looking at, I don't know, um, a new kiddie pool for the summer on your e-com store, that user might still be interested in other stuff as well, right? It's not like yeah. you're only sending him uh, kiddie pools for the rest of the summer. You're also sending him, hey, uh, Let's let's do the the quick one. It's obviously also bathing suits and toys for kids, but you're also yeah. sending him stuff. Garden related items could be exactly. You can you can send them all kinds of stuff, and then you can even take a step lower because there's also always someone who wants to lose weight, and there's also also someone who always wants to to get a good deal on a new iPhone or a TV subscription or streaming or whatever. So there's so many ways of reattacking this user at a fraction of a cost than trying to get all these new ads to him on, for example, Facebook, right? So to cut it short, that's basically why I love email so much is because you can re-engage with the user over and over again. That's really nice. And so, you know, about emails, there is the deliverability of bulk emails, which is quite a challenge. Mm -hmm. So how do you overcome this, if you can call it, problem? Um, I speak to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> and you <laughs> might have heard me say it before, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not. But what I mean with the Pope is uh, the power of prospect engagement. Okay. Meaning um, the prospect is the one you're sending your email to, right? Mm -hmm. And he has all the power in his hands in terms of if you are making it to his inbox or not. He needs to engage with the emails you're sending him in order for the recipient server, let it be Gmail, let it be Hotmail, whatever, to think that the email you're sending to this user is high quality content, this should be served in his inbox. So it's all about your data. It's all about the engagement that you get from your data. And it's all about also realizing if you're not getting engagement from the data you're sending to, then you should stop because then the data is simply not interested in what you're sending them. Let's quickly recap 10 years ago it was all about technology did you set up your spfs right and your dcams right and blah 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 that's all cool <laughs> and was super vital back then but today i would say it counts for around 10 percent of your deliverability while the user engagement counts for the remaining 90 percent 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's so uh, a very important thing to focus at this point and, and data that help helps us now understanding better where the engagement is and how we can make the most out of it, right? Exactly. I mean, you might have some emails in your inbox that uh, reach you, but if they, they, that same sender would send me those emails and I don't respond to them, my personal Gmail, uh, it would react very, very fast. The next one or two emails of that sender might still in, end up in my inbox, but from that point on, it's back in my spam box because I don't respond to it. I don't engage with it. And, and that's how spam filters simply work today. And so, and then talking about campaigns, um, I, I'm curious, so how do you get new ideas and new angles when working on your campaigns? <laughs> the secret sauce. The secret um, sauce. <laughs> I always tell my team to do it this way because I like doing it this way as well. Um, for me, what works is simply take inspiration of your daily life be open-minded when you go out shopping i know right now you're not going that much shopping but in general you always see posters of commercials you always see some stuff on your instagram you always see something on facebook or tv and it it's not that i want people to copy the campaign of someone else i want them to, to bring it into inspiration or make it spin in your head for a couple of days saying like ah yeah so maybe if we spin that angle around into this and then we add another element of surprise in here then this might actually be super great okay so to be receptive to what the world around is yes because what what we see at least what also works very very well is that you base your campaigns around either an event or a situation in that uh country you're currently planning to attack right attack sounds a bit harsh but you know what i mean um because for example now with with upcoming easter we're planning campaigns around some easter stuff um i mean yes everyone and his mom plans around black friday congrats on that but there you're also competing a lot with everyone else right so so do it more on the smaller ones and then do it also more localized if there's something happening if there's an action in i don't know the uh, the netherlands just had an election for example if you can build a campaign around that then it's super up in the media anyway and it will get people's attention right mm -hmm. So, so localize your campaigns. I see a ton of affiliates who are super bad at this. I get targeted here in, in Switzerland with just stuff that, that doesn't make sense for Swiss people to, to participate in. At the same time, I get targeted on a language where it's like, okay, so if you really want to make it in Europe, well, localize. Don't be that US affiliate who just copies everything uh to to all other geos as well right yeah yeah no it makes sense i mean campaigns to to work should be customized and in that case localized also i i, I feel what you say and uh, i also receive sometimes certain ads that i'm like yeah i mean this is really bad targeting <laughs> so definitely that's a good point and if we look a little bit about um, to the future, so which development do you see in terms of new verticals? New verticals is always hard until it at some day it, it just knocks you in the head and then it's there, right? Because someone came up with it and someone made it happen, right? Um, I, I think new verticals is a bit hard currently because we, we already have so much and 
some of it has also been overrun for quite some years the uh, cc submits for example right um but what i more see in instead of vertical development is market development like there are so many geos out there in in the world that that affiliate marketers haven't even touched properly yet right everyone focuses oh the big us oh the the tier one geos oh we need to do this and do that well that's cool but but if everyone jumps in the same pool the water is going to be dirty and it's not not going to be fun right so so that probably is the, the the future development of affiliate marketing is is going way more into different geos but by that also accepting a lower margin um mm, because to start if, with probably yeah well not better. not only to start with i mean if if you're looking at a geo like the philippines for example um it's 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 a low income country um it it the average salary is i don't know what 180 dollars maybe a month and if if you expect them to have a credit card and pay uh whatever uh recurring fee on a credit card submit that's not gonna happen so the advertiser will not be able to pay that for that lead right uh, and then for you maybe the traffic costs are lower because again it's 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 a third world country kind of style but at the same time your margins will be way lower maybe though your volume can be way bigger imagine really hitting it off in a country like india or china like the the volume is so huge uh, that there's so much potential there um but but it only will happen if you can accept that your margins will be lower and this is not uh 2012 anymore where basically you could push a button and then you would start printing money well wow this this was amazing really and um well is there anything else you would like to add or to say you know to future affiliates or wanna be affiliates or people who have just started just a friendly reminder to gather that data it it is alpha and omega for you to 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 in the long run being able to outsmart your competition and to bid higher on your ad placement um that you are able to after you get that initial conversion still monetize that user again and again mm -hmm. and again okay so it's all about the data it is for sure awesome well thank you so much for being with us today thanks for having me and have a great rest of your day and thank you to our listeners once again for listening to Yapcast. if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet please do it now you can also find us on instagram twitter facebook linkedin as Yapads. if you have any feedback questions and you would like to know more about about our business please feel free to contact us at marketing at yapads.com.